Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Let me set the stage while you're turning into Acts chapter 5, verse number 25. Uh, right after the experience with Ananias and Sapphira falling dead before the disciples, the Bible says that fear fell upon every soul. That there was a great reverence and respect for the church and supernatural things started to take place. There was miracles taking place. and The church was expanding and things were really going on. In fact, it was so crazy that people knew the way Peter would walk. And so just in case Peter passed by and his shadow could touch people, they would put people out in the streets and set them down so that the shadow of Peter could touch them. And people were getting healed just because the shadow of Peter fell on them. Amazing miracles were taking place. Things were happening. Things were going on. You know, remember, this is the story of us. And I see parallels in the Bible to what we're experiencing today. The beginning of this year was great. First three months, I was like, wow, this is going to be a great, this is going to be awesome, right? Looking at what's happening, church growth, people are getting saved. There's things going on, man. It was just wonderful. And all of a sudden, something happened that shut down the church, not just in our nation, but worldwide. In the same way, we see the religious leaders, the Pharisees, rise up and they see the apostles and they get jealous because things are happening, because they're teaching the people and they're not getting the attention that they think that they deserve. And so they lay their hands on the apostles and they throw them in jail. But in the middle of the night, an angel shows up in the prison and tells the apostles, what are you doing here in prison? I need you guys to go out and stand in the temple and preach the words of this life to all who will hear. And so they go out there early in the morning. They didn't wait. Right away, they're there standing in the temple teaching the word of the Lord. Now the Pharisees gather up. They get together, right? And they, they, they get ready to bring the apostles before them. And so they send the guards to go and get them. And the guards come back, and they're scratching their heads. And they say, you know, the doors were securely locked. And there were guards outside of the doors. But when we opened them up, there was nobody in there. And while these things are happening, look at what verse 25 says. In Acts chapter 5, we pick up the story in verse number 25. And it says, so one came and told them, saying, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Verse 26, then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. Verse 27, when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, verse 28, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Now listen, the man's blood is on all of us, isn't it? It was all of our sin that put Jesus on the cross. No one took his life from him. He laid his life down. So yes, it was our sin that Jesus went to the cross where his blood is on our hands. But look at what it says, verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Peter goes on to preach a little mini message to these guys, much like the one that he preached on the day of Pentecost. It has some of the same elements in it. You can read it on your own time. Now, the council puts the disciples out of the room for a while while they confer and talk about what are we going to do with these guys, because they're obviously not going to do what we say. And a wise teacher of the law, a wise Pharisee by the name of Gamaliel, stands up and he reasons with them and he brings some real wisdom. He says, guys, remember these dudes that were rising up that thought that they were something? They had a little following, like 400 people here and a couple over here that had their little followings. And after they died, their movement fizzled out. You remember that? Well, this Jesus has died. And so if it's of God, it will continue on. But if it's not of God, it's just going to fizzle out like the rest. But if it is of God, he says, you will find yourselves fighting against God. 
Now, Acts chapter 5, verse number 40 comes along after they hear what Gamaliel has to say, verse number 40, and they agreed with him. They agreed with Gamaliel. They said, you're right. If it's not of God, it'll fizzle out, but if it is of God, it will continue on. They agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them. So even though they could be fighting against God, they decided against better judgment to go ahead and beat these guys. That word beaten literally means to strip the flesh. It means that they whipped their backs and took the flesh off of their backs. They whipped them till they bled. Probably the 40 lashes minus one because they didn't want to kill them. They just wanted to take them within an inch of their lives. It was so severe. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. I don't know about you, but I know that if I had such a great time, things were happening, people were getting healed, my shadow was touching people and they're getting healed, all this kind of stuff, then I get thrown in prison, miracle happens, I'm brought back out of prison, then they take me back again, back in front of the council, I get in their face and then they beat the snot out of me, right? I would probably be bawling, crying, limping. Oh, Lord, I don't know why I've been doing all that. I thought it was good, and then things are happening. And now things aren't happening. Then he tells us to go, and we go, and then we're back. And then they beat us up. Lord, what is this all about? You want to know why I know that? Because I know how I handled COVID-19. Oh, God, what's going on? It's shutting down the church. What's happening, Lord? Why do we got to do this? It was going so good at the beginning of the year. And God, why, God, why, why? I know you all are more spiritual and more mature than I am, so none of you guys were crying about what was going on. I understand it's only me, but understand that we shouldn't be surprised or give up when trials hit. This is a part of the process. This is a part of the plan. This is the program. Suffering is the program. When you sign up with Jesus Christ, you walk the road that he walked. And the road that he walked was a road of suffering, a road of sorrow, and it led to the cross. And it's no different with the body of Christ, with his sons and daughters. Guess what? The the apostle Paul said is by many trials and tribulations, you will enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, the apostle Paul wrote and he said, that all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Martin Luther said, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing is worth nothing. Our religion is not worthless. It costs Jesus his very life. And in the same way, if we're going to walk that path with Jesus Christ, we've got to lay down our lives at the foot of the cross and give up everything. And so... I'm amazed when I read this story because the apostles had an attitude about them. And I believe in our day and age, we need to have the same attitude that the apostles had. The apostles, we see an attitude in them. First thing is this, is they were obedient to stand. They were obedient to stand. If you look back at Acts chapter 5, verse number 20, what the angel says to the apostles, look at Acts chapter 5, verse number 20. It says this, it says, go. Stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Notice what he says. He says, go do what? Oh, come on, play with me today. Go do what? Shout it out again. Say what? Go stand online. Type it into the comment section right now. Go and stand in the temple. Now, the next time you see the apostles is in verse number 25, which we read. So one came and told them, saying, look, the men whom you put in prison are doing what? Oh, come on, they're doing what? They're standing. They were obedient to stand. 
Can I say something to you guys? I think it's time for the church, and not just this church, but the capital C church, to stand in the place that God has told us to stand. Let's get in trouble for the right reasons, church. We shouldn't be getting in trouble because of lack of prayer, lack of authority, lack of the word of God, lack of obedience. We shouldn't be getting in trouble for the foolishness that I see church people getting in trouble for. We should be getting in trouble for standing where God has told us to stand. You will not get me off of this piece of ground. Why? Because God told me to stand here. And it's time for the church to stand in obedience Look at the response of the apostles when they were questioned by the Sanhedrin, by the council. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. That word ought is actually the word owed. We're indebted to God to listen to him and not to listen to man. Why? Because we were bought with a price. With the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not your own. You are a servant, a bond servant, a slave of Jesus Christ. You do not have the right to do what you want to do. No, you do what your master tells you to do because he bought you with his precious blood. You are a son and you are a daughter and you ought to be doing what your daddy said to be doing. He is God alone. He is God Almighty. He is the one who tells us where to stand and what to do and what to say and how to do it. We listen to God and we do not listen to man. Too many people are doing things just because man said to do them. Listen, I don't care what the education system says to do, what the politicians say to do, what the mass majority says to do. I don't care what they're posting online. Oh, my goodness, we have lost our minds when we allow people that we don't know who have no right, no privilege, no authority to speak into our lives and to sway us to do what they say that we should be doing. Guys, we got to get this word in our heart. we got to get into the prayer closet. we got to listen for the voice of God. And when God says stand, we stand. I find too many people bold for the world, but cowards for Christ. No one should be wearing that hoodie. Cowards for Christ. Listen, wear it backwards and throw it up over your face if that's who you are. Cowards for Christ. Come on. We need to be bold. We need to take a stand for the things of God. Jesus died for cowards, but cowards will not die for Jesus. Hello. It's time for the real church to rise up to do what God has called us to do. It's time to be bold for Christ. Remember those bold prayers? They prayed for boldness. Well, listen, they got an answer to their prayers. And if we're going to pray bold prayers, then it's time to take a bold stand for Jesus Christ. Can anybody say amen? It's time to stand, church. It's time to stand for Jesus Christ. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord shall be Safe. There's no safer place to be than standing in the will of God. No safer place to be. They might have beat up the apostles, but they didn't take their life. They might have tried to stop them, but you can't stop what God is doing on the earth. They were obedient to stand. Second thing for us today is this, is they were overjoyed to suffer. They weren't crying like Pastor Dan. They weren't bawling and squalling. No, they rejoiced. Look at Acts chapter 5, verse number 41. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the council. Look at this. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Man, they weren't limping, crying, Peter, why? What happened? What did you do, man? Why did you got to tell him? Peter, I don't know what this is all about. No, that wasn't them. 
what were they doing? They were like, Peter, man, you took it like a man when you got whipped. That was awesome. Hey, did you see how mad they got? Wow, this is crazy. They were rejoicing. Why? Because they were counted worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus. They were identifying with the sufferings of their Lord Jesus Christ. And that suffering, that, 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 that same communion of his sufferings, that fellowship in his presence was what they wanted. It gave them a pep in their step and a glide in their stride. Oh, my goodness, they had a smile on their face, and they were rejoicing, celebrating the fact that they were worthy to suffer like Jesus had suffered. Man, what many would have seen as a time of reproach and shame the apostles saw as a time of rejoicing and celebration. And when you understand the role of your standing and your suffering, you too will rejoice because you're sharing in the very life of Jesus Christ. I've heard it said that if you destroy a sparrow's nest, that he'll come to the same place and build it again. But if you repeatedly do that, eventually he'll get a clue and he will go higher up to a safer place and build his nest where he's out of reach of whoever's destroying his nest. In church, we need to learn this lesson that there is a higher place that we can go to in our trouble. There is a higher place that we can go to in our stresses. There is a higher place we can go to when tribulation hits the earth. And that higher place is rejoicing in our sufferings. That higher place is celebration in times of sadness. That higher place is when we allow the Spirit of God to bring the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We need to allow those things and go to the higher place in the Spirit of God and build our lives in the things of God. We got to go up, church, not get dragged down. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. So nice he had to say it twice. Oh, you don't like it being said? How about we sing it? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Oh, see, I know, I know who know this song because they clap twice. What did he say? He said, rejoice, rejoice. Don't just rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice so much that you're celebrating on top. It's exponential. It's double. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. You know that word always means, oh, you did know. It means always. Maybe online they didn't know. If you don't know, now you know. Always means always. Even though it seems like we should be crying, even though it seems like this is a day of mourning and a day of sadness, guys, this is our birthday. Guys, this is a time for us to celebrate. Guys, this is a time for us to rejoice in the midst of all the things that the devil's trying to do to slow us down, to hinder us, to stop us. This is the time to celebrate that Jesus is alive, that he's got a church that's following him and that's standing for him. And that as we suffer these things, we are sharing in the life of Jesus Christ. Pastor Powell told our staff about a verse in Psalm chapter number 90 that God had given to him, and he believed it was a word for the church, and I agree. I believe that this is a word for us today. Psalm 90, verse number 14 and verse number 15, it says, Oh, satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. You know, just this morning as I was doing my morning devotionals in the Word, I was in Zechariah, and it was talking about how God had cleaned up the high priest's garments and how he stood by him. And even though I often think about you guys and pray for you guys daily, I was thinking about myself. So, you know, sorry. Just being a little selfish at that time because it was me and God at that moment. And I was praying, and I was just thinking about God's mercy. How he took this messed up punk rock kid from Moreno Valley who didn't know up from down, right from left, and how he saved him, cleaned him up, 15 years old, sent him all over the world preaching the gospel, got him into Bible college, and 
got him into a great church, gave him a place in the family of God. And how even though I didn't deserve it, God gave me his mercies, his love. And how he took all the filth and the stain of my sin and cleansed me of that and gave me new garments to wear. Put a new hat on my head. The Bible says that Zechariah spoke and said, put a new turban on his head. And they did. Not only that, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord stood by him and how God has stood by me every step of the way. I was just thinking how grateful, how in awe. And it's when we realize the mercy of God that we're satisfied in the longing of our soul that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. But look at verse number 15. Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us. Guys, it's not all a bed of roses. The Bible says that the path we're on is a hard and difficult path and there are few who find it. But we are to be glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Did you know that in the book of Job, at the end of the book of Job, it says that God gave him double for his trouble? And the Bible tells in the book of James that that was the end intended by God. That God wanted to bless Job, but God had to get Job through some suffering in order to get him to the blessing. Why? Because unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, unless it's trampled, unless it's pushed into the earth, unless it goes down, it can never sprout up and it can never produce fruit. But God is saying something, church, that the trials and the troubles that we go through are there to purify you, to refine you, to make you stronger, to build life of God on the inside of you, and then coming out of you will be the fruit that blesses you and blesses the lost and dying world around you. God has a way of restoring those things which we suffer and go through here on the earth, and if he doesn't level up with us now, he will in eternity. You can take that with all of your life. Last thing is this, is that the apostles had an outlook to serve They had an outlook to serve. Let's look at the last verse in Acts chapter 5, verse number 42. Take a look at it with me. And it says, And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They had an outlook to serve. It says, Daily in the temple and in every house. Daily in the temple and in every house. Let me say it again. Daily in the temple and in every house. Are you guys... Picking up what I'm putting down right now? You guys following the pattern? Daily in the temple and in every house. Why do I keep repeating that? Because the temple was the gathering place. It was the large place where the people would come together. Daily in the temple, they continued. They didn't listen to the Sanhedrin. They didn't listen to the council that told them don't preach in this name. No, they continued to preach daily in the temple and in every house. See, the temple was the gathering place, but it wasn't just in the temple, the gathering place. It was also in every house. It was also out there in the community. It was also out there in the streets. It was also with their neighbors and their neighbors' neighbors, daily in the temple and in every house. You know, when we started to open back up, we started to gather in the temple and in every house. And we're going to continue to gather in the temple and in every house. Are you guys now getting, because this is the story of us. 
Remember, this is not just a history lesson. This is the story of us, what God is doing in his church. This is the story of us daily in the temple and in every house, daily in the temple and in every house. They had an outlook to start preaching Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one who came. We're going to preach that here in the temple. Sometimes people get the wrong idea about church. Oh, I just got to go to church. That's where I'm a Christian. That's where I'm going to learn. That's where I'm going to hear about Jesus. But listen, daily, not only in the temple, but in every house, we got to get this gospel outside of these walls and we got to get it to your neighbors and to your neighbors neighbors and to the community until all hear the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ daily in the temple and in every house listen how can you serve here in the temple how can you give here in the temple how can you be a part of what God is doing here in the temple but not only that how can God get this gospel to you and through you in every house how can God use you to reach your neighbor to reach your neighbor's neighbors to reach the lost the hurting and the broken listen you want to see change in our land start daily in the temple and in every house preaching that Jesus is the Christ. You can't stop and you won't stop the rock. The rock is not just this institution of a church. It's not just us as a people. No, the rock is the confession of who Jesus is as the Christ. There may come a day where our government not only shuts down churches, but like other nations, tries to stop the gospel. There may come a day that we see tremendous persecution even in our land where there are Stopping people from using the Bible because they're calling it hate speech. There may come a day where tremendous suffering comes on. They may lay stripes on those who preach the gospel. But you can't stop and you won't stop the confession of who Jesus is as the Christ. Because there's no safer place for us to be than in the center of the will of God. But church, we need to be obedient to stand. We need to be overjoyed to suffer. And we need to have an outlook to serve. Can anybody say amen to that? I'm going to ask everybody just for a moment, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Even online, if you're watching, don't tune out yet. I just want to take a moment with you guys right where you're at. And let's pray together. I'm going to ask you this question, and maybe you want to turn it into a prayer. But what is God speaking to you individually this birthday weekend? We've heard the word. Maybe God already spoke to you. But if you haven't gotten a specific thing yet, why don't you pray that prayer? God, what are you speaking to me personally through this message? Is there an area of obedience that he's asking you to stand in? Maybe he told you to take the hoodie off. Cowards for Christ. And to put on the courageous attitude of a real Christian. What's God speaking to you? Maybe he's dealing with your heart about being overjoyed in your suffering. Maybe you had a woe is me attitude and God is saying, no, smile, celebrate. You're sharing in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Realize that it's because I love you going through these things because there's a blessing on the other side. What's God speaking to you? Maybe God's talking to you about the outlook to serve somewhere in the temple. 
Maybe he's saying you need to be a part of the shuttles, driving people to church or helping open up the children's and youth ministries. They need people to help them out. Maybe he's saying be a part of that online experience. Be a host and help people. You've got the skills online. You know what you're doing. Why not serve in the temple? Or could it be that he's talking to you about in every house? Asking you to cross the street and minister to your neighbor. Asking you to cross the lunchroom and minister to your coworker. What's God speaking to you? If you haven't already, would you just write it down? I know if I don't write stuff down, I'll forget it. In fact, Pastor Jess last night woke up at 3 a.m. with a, a shopping list. She woke up this morning and said, I forgot what I was supposed to buy. Why? Because she didn't write it down. Don't think just because you got excited and liked the message and enjoyed it, clapped and praised God, that you're going to remember this. Write it down. Put it in a note on your phone or commit it pen to paper. What's God speaking to you? Is there a timeline associated with it? You know, if you have a dream without a goal, it's just like taking a nap. You'll wake up and go on with your life. But a God dream with a God goal will be accomplished. The Bible says, write the vision and make it plain that he who reads it may run. And so is it going to take a day? Is it something that you can do tomorrow? Is it something that you can do next week? Is it something that's going to take you time to develop over the next year or even over your lifetime? What is God speaking to you? And is there a goal? Is there something you need to put on that? What are the obstacles to get out of the way? Who are the people that need to be involved? Write it down. Maybe you're here with a faithful friend or maybe you're there with your family watching online. You just want to share with your spouse, with your children, your parents, whoever you're here with, that faithful friend, what God's speaking to you. If you're comfortable online or you want to put it in the comments, sometimes people enjoy putting in the comments, God spoke this to me. It's kind of neat to have a community of believers that are excited for you. So just whisper that in their ear. Share that with them. If you're there with your family, maybe with your friends, watch it online, share that with them right now. Maybe you want to just show them the note. This is what God spoke to me. Will you keep me accountable to that? Will you pray with me about this? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We receive it with meekness. God, we thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to our hearts today. We thank you, God, that for 32 years here at the Rock Church and World Outreach Center, we've been loving people to life, helping build the kingdom of God through that confession of who Jesus is. And into our future, God, as a people, as we stand where you've called us to stand. As we are overjoyed in the sufferings that come our way because we know that we're sharing in the life of Jesus Christ. And as we have that outlook to serve, God, I pray that this gospel would go forth here in the Indian Empire as well as to the uttermost ends of the earth. Those things you've committed to us, we commit back into your care. May you bring them to pass and give us grace to do what it is you've called us to do. And Father, we love you and we thank you. We bless this church. Happy birthday, Rock Church. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we're all in agreement. We say amen. Amen. Can we just give the Lord one more great big praise today? Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.